historically, men have taken a back seat when it comes to the church. Are you with me? Now listen, this can either be really good, or y'all can sit there, because I'm going to preach hard regardless. So, But historically, spiritually, men have taken a back seat. Women have stepped up spiritually in the church. And sadly, a lot of times the women stepped up spiritually in the household. And they're the ones that are leading their kids in prayer. They're the ones that are doing things. And, and we feel God is making a shift in that, in, in that and, and raising up some people, some guys that will be spiritual leaders in their home, in their church, and their workplace. Amen? amen? Come on, amen? We looked at one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible where God says this about man, Ezekiel 22. I searched for a man among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I might not destroy it, but I found not one single man. Man, that's sad scripture. That's sad. And my prayer for every man here at Watts Bar is this, that when God does, it's not if, when he does show up in Mex County, Ray County, Rome County, McMinn, that it won't be said that he couldn't find one. He'll, he'll find many that have decided to step up and take their role. Amen? Come on, guys. Amen? Now, now listen, though this is geared toward the men, ladies, you do not get a free pass. Uh, in fact, last week I had uh, ladies come up to me after church in the back and say, Pastor, I know that was for the men, but man, it really hit me. And it, so I'm telling you, the gospel has a way of hitting you wherever you're at, if, you will, if you'll allow it. So there's something in this series for everyone. And what we're doing, basically, is taking a more in-depth look at the strongest man that ever lived. Who was that? Samson. Samson. And, and last week, we talked about how Samson is a lot like us. In what ways? Samson had so much God-given potential. And he threw it away. So much God-given ability. And he threw it away. And we looked at three attitudes that took Samson down that a lot of, well, most men struggle with. Lust. And not now. When, listen, when I say lust, most of us, we automatically go toward uh, the pornographic world or sexual world. No, no. It's uh, lust. I, I want it. I've got a habit. I want it. Uh, the second attitude he wrestled with was, was uh, entitlement. I deserve it. I've worked hard. I deserve it. Give it to me. And the third was pride. Uh, pr pride. Uh, uh, I, I can handle anything. I can handle it. I can, and that's where most men fail. We'll get strong in an area. Well, I can handle it. I, I'm not where I used to be then. And we'll walk in that area and find out it's handling us. And we talked about how do we turn that around? Well, one, instead of, instead of I, I, uh, I want it, we say I want God. Instead of I deserve it, we, we come to the reality. Here's what we deserve, death. The wages of sin is death. And instead of I can handle it, we start saying I can't handle anything without God. This week, I want to look at a, another area of Samson's life that every man and woman wrestle with too. And it's this right here. Samson was a man driven by his emotions. He was driven by those emotions. Now, now, time for honesty. 
Aren't we, men and women, aren't we driven by our emotions a lot of the times? Absolutely. Now, I know men, we don't like to think of it as emotion. We like, women, they're emotional. Men, we're strong. Women, emotional. But the reality of it is this. God gave us all emotions. Every, emotions aren't bad. Are you hearing me? But we can't be driven by our emotions. Uh, I, on Father's Day, can we admit that, that men process emotions differently than women do? Yeah, that, that's again. Women talk, men act. Women, if a woman is upset about something, she wants to talk and talk and talk and talk. Men, we, we, we don't want to talk. We care less. We want to act. Let's do, we, we would rather do. Listen, I don't have time to talk. I want to do. How many would be honest of men? I'm talking about how many would be honest enough to say your emotions have led you down a road you shouldn't be on sometimes? If you are a man, do not have your hand raised. You are a liar. And I'm just going to call you out. I'll, t I'll give you an example. One time, is me and Denise were living in the Atlanta area, and we had moved into this rental home. And we had been trying to get uh, internet service from this company. I mean, Every time they'd set us up, they'd call a day before, reschedule, set us up. Re I mean, this went on for like three weeks. Finally, this was during a time Dad was really sick. And so we were getting ready to come up to Tennessee, and that morning they were supposed to be there. Well, Denise was going to pick up, uh, do something, and I had signed Sharon there with me. And here comes the, the Internet cable guy pulls up. I was like, thank God. He, and he comes the door, knocks, and I, 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 he opens up, or I open up the door. He don't open it up. And I say, man, I'm so glad to see you. And he proceeds with, well, I just want to let you know, I've got about three houses ahead of you, and then I'll be back. Well, we, were, we weren't even to leave. So I proceeded to tell him, no, he would not leave. <laughs> that he was going to, to, that I had a set time for that. Now, I could have went with option one. No worry, man, we're going out of town. Be back in a few days. Let's just reschedule. Or I went, could have gone with this option, which I opted to go with, um, where I said, hey, no, 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 you're not leaving, which he came back with a smart aleck remark, which caused me to come back with a smart aleck remark, which caused him to come back with a smart aleck remark. And before I know it, I had moved from the door out to his work van, into them, grabbed the keys out of his ignition, and told him, you are not going anywhere until my Internet's hooked up. To which he calls 911. <laughs> to which the police show up. And I'm thinking, Dad, damn it, I should have went with option one. <laughs> so, and uh, so the police was like, listen, no harm, no foul, just give him his keys back. And I was like, I was more than willing to at that point. <laughs> but we're driven by our emotions. And that's a problem for us men. It's not that we don't want to do the right thing. It's their emotions get involved and we end up doing the wrong thing. Come on, can I get a witness? And it's different for everyone. It doesn't always have to do with temper or anger or less example. It could be, hey, I work really hard. And you would really like to engage with your kids. You'd really like to engage with them more at home. And so you're like, I know I need to do something. But man, when I get home, I am emotionally and physically fried. So what do you do? You go to the couch and you check out. 
You know what you should have done. But you emotionally check out because you're fried. It could maybe you say something or do something stupid, and you know the right thing would be go to apologize. You know that's the right thing to do. But you're like, eh, she'll forget about it. And how many know women got memories like elephants? They don't forget nothing. And I hope I'm picking the right animal. Because I think, okay. Not women. I was talking about the elephants. Okay. And you're like, hey, don't do it. Don't don't give in. And, And it's in that moment that you feel like, I can really relate to Apostle Paul. When he says, the very things I want to do, I don't do. The very things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And we'll look at that and we'll say, man, I, you know, Paul's no different than me. But what we do is we forget about what Paul said also in Galatians 5.16 where he said this. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Look what he says. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that what? You are not to do whatever you want. Grace. You are not to do whatever you want. We're not living in the law of grace. You are not to do whatever you want to do. Are you with me? And, and that's easier said than done because the men, we want to do what we want to do. In fact, we'll tell you, hey, I'm a grown at, grown, oh man. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We are not Facebook live in this. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa, that was close. I need to take that out of my notes. <laughs> we, Oh, that's funny. Uh, I'm a grown man. I'm going to do whatever I want. Oh, Lord, I got to get this back in here. And I said this a few weeks ago. Most of the time when you hear us men make that statement, we're doing something childish. I'm a grown man, but I want to act like a baby. Are you with me? And so last week we looked at how salmon, salmon. I saw, I, I ate salmon at their house this past week and now that's, and man, it was so good. Oh, it's so good. Let's start over. Let's just do a do over. Hey, listen, it's Father's Day. Give me a break. Um, uh, but last week we, we looked at Samson, man. How he had this. He's I'm going to do whatever I want to. He sees a woman that he should not have had any, he, anything to do with. He, she lives in a place he shouldn't be. And he says, I want it. I, I, I'm going to do whatever I want. I want to marry her. I don't care what God says. I don't care what my parents say. I don't care what anybody says. Samson then has this bachelor party. He throws a keg party. And he's literally with the enemy of God, the Philistine. There's about 30 men there, and, and Samson decides to mess with him. He's like, hey, guys, I've got a riddle for you. I, 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 I've got a riddle for you. And how many know with men it's always a competition? Come on, Pastor Tim, you've heard it say he doesn't even like playing putt-putt or mini-golf with Barb because she doesn't care if she wins or loses. I can relate. If it's not a competition, it's not that fun to me. Uh, just like when men 
uh, when, when me and Trip destroyed the men in Cornhole. That was fun to me. So, but he says, I've got this, and, and, and so I'll bet you 30 pieces of clothing that you won't get this riddle. And I'm going to give you seven days to figure it out. Samson has two traits, exhibits two traits here that never look good on a man. He is cocky and he's stupid. Why? If he loses, he's got to come up with 30 pieces of clothing. If they, or yeah, if he wins, each man has to only come up with one. One piece of clothing. So he says, hey, they're like, hey, let's make a bet. They're like, deal, let's hear the riddle. James 14 and 14. He tells them the riddle, and he says this, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. Now, if you were with us, you know this riddle is talking about the lion that he had came uh, across and ripped it apart. There was honey in it. That, that, that's what he's talking about. Well, these Philistine men, they start getting angry. They're about three days in. They have no clue what this riddle is. There is not Google. There is nothing they can type in for the riddle. And so they go to Samson's fiance and they give her an ultimatum. Look at this, verse 15. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Coax your husband into explaining this riddle for us, or we will burn you and your father's household to death. That escalated quickly. I mean, from riddle to we're going to burn you to death. Like that. And, and so, so she pulls out one of uh, women's greatest weapons is in her arsenal. She cries. And she begins to cry to him. You don't tell me nothing. You don't share anything with me, Samson. If you love me, you'd share with me. So Samson finally caves in, and he gives her the riddle. And, and so the men come back. Look what happens, verse 18. Before sunset on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? Now Samson's angry because they've, they know the riddle. And, and so then Samson proceeds to say one of the dumbest things you will ever hear a man say, period. And he says this, if you would not plow with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. <laughs> Couple of lessons here. <laughs> Don't let anybody plow with your wife. And never, ever refer to her as a heifer. <laughs> ever, ever. And what we're going to see is Samson, when this happens, Samson becomes driven by his emotions. And he lets his emotions get the best of him. Two emotions that took Samson down and that will take us down. The first one is this, anger. Anger will take you down. I come in Wednesday night from visiting with mom and Pastor Tim. is talking about anger. And I look at Bob and say, he's talking about what I'm talking about Sunday. But anger, anger will take you down. Look, look what happens in verse 19. After he loses the bet, he went down to Escalon, struck down 30 of their men, innocent men, had nothing to do with the bet, struck them down, stripped them of everything, gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. And look at these next three words. Burning with anger. He returned to his father's home. Burning with anger. 
And look at this. And Samson's wife, when he finally gets back, Samson's wife was given to one of his companions who had attended him at the feast. You see what happened? Samson's anger gets the best of him. And it doesn't cost the men that he's angry at. It costs somebody else. It costs somebody else. See, I mean, the anger gets such a hold of him that he leaves the wedding, goes on a killing spree, 30 innocent men just for their clothes to pay back a bet. He finds that the father of the woman he's supposed to marry is embarrassed because Samson nowhere to be found. So she's like, hey, marry this guy. And he comes back, find out, well, she's married. Now, if Samson was mad before, just imagine where his emotions are taking him now. Get this, because now what Samson does, he proceeds, I, don't, I can't even imagine the effort this would take, to chase down 300 foxes, tie them together, put a torch in between them, each one of them, light them up, and send them through the Philistines' crops, burning their livelihood to the ground. Burning it to the ground. I'm telling you, men, have you ever let your anger take you to that point where, where you're not thinking straight? No, yeah. I don't expect it because I'm telling you, we have. We have. Not only the frustration of, uh, of them solving the riddle, not only the frustration of the bride being given to someone else, but now the frustration of trying to catch 300 foxes. Come on. And he ends up burning them all to the ground. He's furious. So what do they do? They end up going to, to the woman's house that he was supposed to marry and burning her and her dad up. And what you see is that Samson and his emotion, the anger cost him dearly, as it does a lot of men. It costs us. There's men in this room that your emotion-driven anger has cost you. It has cost you relationships. It has cost you friendships. It has cost you marriage. Come on. It has cost you jobs. Because your emotion-driven anger. Here's the problem for us men. Most of the time, that's our default emotion. Anger. I, I mean, honestly, if, if someone embarrasses us, we don't get embarrassed. We get mad. Right? It's like if you're walking through your house and you stub your toe on a chair, a woman will sit down and try to take care of that. A man will turn around and kick the chair. <laughs> Stupid chair. <laughs> Come on. And look what, let's look at what happened here through, through clear eyes of Samson. Here's the question. What does Samson really have to be angry about? Think about it. Who went and pursued the wrong woman? Who ignored his parents' advice and broke his vow to God? Who decided to go ahead and marry the woman? Who taunted the Philistines with the riddle? Who gave the answer to the riddle? Who left the wedding to go kill 30 men? Who burned the Philistine crops down with foxes? Samson. There is no one to blame for his anger except Samson himself. Samson did it all. Samson is mad at the world and everybody in it when the truth is the mess that he has found himself in. He has no one to blame but himself. Now, men, 
We may not go to those extremes. I, I wouldn't even go to the extreme of chasing down one fox. I'd be like, good Lord, somebody got a gun. I know this won't do that much damage to the field, but it's sure going to be chasing this fox around here all day. But, but we do this also. We get mad at the world. We get mad at our kids. We get mad at our spouses, our girlfriends, mad at our friends, mad at our pastors. When the truth is, there's only one person that got us into the mess we're in. Us. Us. I mean, you could be, it could be at work. You're at work and you're like, I hate this stupid job. I hate my boss. And what's really going on is you're mad at yourself for not getting a better education or for selling for a job less than what you thought you could have. You're not mad at the job. You're not mad at the boss. You're mad at yourself for not doing what you needed to do. Come on, you're mad, maybe mad at your wife. You're like, she's not meeting my physical needs. When in reality, you have, it's been forever since you've met any of her emotional needs. Can we be real this morning? I'm mad at God. I can't believe he let this happen to me. I shouldn't have to be dealing with this mess in my life. When the truth is, you are where you are because of the bad decisions you made. And you're blaming God for a mess that you got yourself into. And I was somebody lighten that, PK. It's Father's Day. Listen, I want the dadger great message. But listen to me, and if, if that's you, own it. Because I'll tell you, that, that's been me so many different times in my life where I've been driven by emotion of anger rather than led by the Spirit. I had to own it. I had to be honest with myself and with God. And if that's you, be honest. For so many of us, man, it is our anger, our, our outbursts that keep getting us into a mess, causing us to say things, do things that we regret. And we need to get to a place where we say, you know what, God? I can't allow this to happen. I need your spirit to begin to lead me, lead me instead of being driven by these emotions. There's some women here that you have allowed your emotions to drive you. And you need to own it also. And I'm believing that on this Father's Day 2019, there are men and women of God that will just call it what it is and say, I need help in this area. I need forgiveness for some things that I've said, for some things that I've done. Can I tell you this? There may be some apologies that need to be made without excuses. What do you mean? I mean, no excuses, just own it. Husband, you may need to go to that wife. You know what, honey? I'm sorry for taking something out on you. That wasn't yours to take. No, no, no. Not, not. Here's what we normally do. I, I've had such a bad day. It's been such a bad week, you know. I, no, no, no. No excuses. Own what you've done. Wives, there may, may need to be some apologies given. No excuses. No excuses. And ladies, when he comes to you, you need to embrace him and receive him. Not, it's not time for you to throw punches. Are you hearing me? You need to love him up toward God instead of tear him down. Come on. You tear him down and give him it's about time speech, he won't come to you again. Because here's what you need to know about us men. If we can't win, we don't want to play. Ladies, you need to help your husbands win. Help them win. Listen, I... 
whether you like that's truth. You need to help them to win, help them win, help them to be the man that God wants them to be. And that doesn't happen by you tearing them down. The second emotion. We dealt with this last week, and we're going to deal with it again because, man, it always hits us. Pride. Pride. And I already got ahead of myself. Pride. Samson's pride gets the best of him. And it begins to be driven by an emotion of anger. Pride enters the picture. Look, I'll show you where pride enters the picture. Check out verse 15. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it, struck down a thousand men. Now, let's just pause there. Can we all admit that's pretty bad? That's a bad dude. He grabs a donkey bone and just goes ham on somebody. Come on. thousand men. But who gave Samson the strength to do it? Come on, who did? Look, look. Then Samson said, with a donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. Uh, that's the Bible's translator trying to make that really friendly. Um, with a donkey's jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. Look what I did. I did this. I, have I done enough to impress you? Have I conquered enough? Look how great I am. Here's the problem when it comes to pride, though. Pride is always born out of our insecurities. It's born out of our insecurities. When is that? When we don't know who we are in God. So what we do, we feel like we have to get our identity somewhere else. What we do, how we look, come on, what we drive, our smarts, our work ethics, pride is born out of our insecurities. We don't know who we are in Christ. And pride has taken many a strong men and women down. The flip side of pride is this. We talked a little bit about this Friday night at our men's thing. Instead of, look what I've done, look at what I've accomplished, it's this. I'm, I've got so much, I'm never going to ask for help. I'm not going to let you know that I need help. Come on. I'm going to give you one of, my, one of my little things here. If I'm at a grocery store and my wife has asked me to pick up one thing, I will walk those aisles 1,500 times before I ask anybody where I can find what I'm there looking for. Because I want to find it by myself. And then when I get tired of looking, I'm like, Hey, can you tell me where to find whatever it is I'm looking for? Why? Because I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to ask for it. The, the same men that are so full of pride that they, they won't ask for directions. And when you do that, you find yourself in a place that you never should have been because you didn't ask for directions. And I'm talking spiritually now. Come on now. You know why I think pride is such a problem for a lot of us men? Because we want to be the hero. We want to be the, we want to be the main character in the story. So, so we, we, we want to be the one that saves the day. But men, can I tell you, we were never meant to be the main character in the story. God is always the main character in the story. And when we understand that, our emotions stop being driven, the driving force in our decision-making. And instead of that, here's what happens. We, begin to, we need to be led by the Spirit instead of driven by our emotions. We need to be led by the Spirit. 
Let's look at that, uh, what Paul said in Galatians 5, 16 and 17 again. He said this, So I walk by the Spirit. So walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Men, if you and I are constantly and continually driven by our emotions, we will end up just like Samson ended up. A man with so much godly potential, but self-destructive. If we don't get a grasp. But if we will put our emotions on the altar of God, sacrifice them and say, God, I may feel them, but I don't have to be driven by them. I'm not denying this emotion is here, but I don't have to be driven by it. I'll tell you what happened to me two or three weeks ago. I was in Cleveland. Because I used, man, my wife will tell you, I used to be terrible. I'm like, Pastor I used to be terrible at road rage. You roll my tail, you better get ready for the brakes to come on hard. And God has really, man, done a, a lot of that. I was in Cleveland, and I'm driving this moped. Grown man on a moped. Now, I like riding mopeds. But he's in front of me, and he stops and doesn't go. I, give his, I tap on the horn. He kind of looks around at me. I'm like, what's the deal? When he pulls over, I pull up beside him. I look back. This grown man on a moped begins to flip me off. I'm like, I'm in a Jeep. You on a moped. And you flipping me off. Don't get mad at me, son, just because you can't be me. No, let's go. And I'm like, what I wanted to do is, oh, 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 let's pull over. I'll show you. But we cannot be. We've got to get to a place where we are spirit-led. I'm like, are you serious? I, I'm just going to drive on in my air-conditioned vehicle. I leave you sitting like my wife's closet. Then I pulled up, and when he came by, I pulled out and hit him. No. no. <laughs> Telling you, man, we have to let God take his rightful place as the main character in our story. And when you begin to do that, you no longer live for the approval of others. But you're living from the approval of God. Did you hear me? You quit living for the approval of others, and you begin to live from the approval of God. And men, that changes everything. Uh, th this is Father's Day. But whether you're a dad or not, I want you to know, men, young, old, I believe in you. I believe that those of you that have surrendered uh, your heart to Christ, there is so much potential in this room. So much potential. I, I believe that just the men, when we get to where God wants us to be, Zach, that revival will literally break out. I heard someone say, quit praying for revival. Be the revival. Be the revival. When we quit responding and allowing our emotions to get the best of us, and we begin to be led by the Spirit, and people see that, they start asking questions. People like, man, that's not, I'm telling you, people that knew me 10 years ago, they will tell you I am not the same Kelly that I was 10 years ago. Because I'm telling you, there was a time I was 
totally emotion-driven. Now, I know saying this today, the enemy's going to send so many temptations in front of me for me to flip people off or tell them how I think or just punch them in the nose, so I'm preparing myself. <laughs> um, um. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to the house. So <laughs> I'm going to lock myself in a room. No. But we've got to, we've got to be led by the Spirit. Then we can become the men who begin to impart spiritual truth to the next generation. Men, guess what? Dads, fathers, if your kid sees you getting mad at the drop of a hat over stupid little things, saying things, throwing punches, guess what they're going to become? Tell me, guys, we have got to become better examples to our kids. I believe that you and I can be men of integrity. I believe that you and I can be men of character, men of spiritual strength, that we can be men who love our wives as Christ loved the church, that we can be men who lay our lives down for our wives on a daily basis. Come on. That we can be the men who impart spiritual truth to this generation. I can't speak for you, but as for myself, I want to be that man that when God comes looking, he says, I found one. I want to be a man of God. I want, I don't know, I, Ronnie, I want to be a man of God. Are there any other men in here that would say, I want to be a man of God? Any other man that will stand up and say, say it out loud, I want to be a man of God. Thank you, man. Any man that will stand and say, I want to be a man of God. Listen, you can be seated. This is not, this is not in my notes, but can I tell you this? Men, it's time we quit being little timid people. Because if it was about something else, any of all fans in here, wow! I'm one of them. Roll Tide. He had to shout it out. But when I said any men want to be a man of God? Oh, somebody else standing up. Let me get up. No! When I say, are there any men that will say, I want to be a man of God, stand up? Then we should be. Me! I want to be a man of God. Some of you still ain't getting it, so let's stay here a little bit longer. I'm talking to the men that it's Father's Day. You hush woman and know your plate. No, I'm talking. <laughs> some, of you, some of you men, that's what you think the Father's Day message should be about. But anyway, let's go on. That's why you're single and not married. Uh, <laughs> Are there any men that will stand and say, I want to be a man of God? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Any other man? Ben, sit down. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to uh, be a man of God. Uh, is that the right answer? Seriously. I want to be a man of God. Men, I want to be a husband that my wife is proud of. I want to be a dad that my kids are proud of. I want to be a dad that they come to me for spiritual help as well as other help. 
I want to be the man that they come to me and say, Dad, uh, this is what was taught today. What are your thoughts on it? I want to be a dad that they can call me and say, Dad, man, I'm about to go in for this interview, or I've got this, uh, this song coming out. Would you pray with me? Amen. That's the dad I want to be. I want my wife to come call me on the phone. Man, babe, I'm, I'm having a hard day. Would you pray with me? Man, let's quit being timid. Maybe the reason we have a hard time, man, this is, I'm so far off my notes right now, I'll get back to them. Maybe the reason we're so timid is because our wives and our children see us in the rawness of who we really are. And we don't like who we really are. And so when we say, I want to be a man of God, the truth is, I want to be a man of God, but I know me. I know my temper. I know my emotions. I know the times I sneak downstairs to get on the computer or on my phone and look at things that shouldn't be. I know the me that let somebody have it just because they didn't do things the way I thought it should be done. And it's hard for us to see ourselves as men of God when we know those things about us. That's why I said we have to learn to live from the approval of God. Not for the approval of others, but from it. God loves you, Bob, right where you are. Bob, God thinks you're incredible. He's just waiting for us to catch up with how he feels about us. Are you hearing me? Man, he's waiting for us to realize who we are. God's like, I put it in you. Jared, I put it in you. And man, when you realize what I put in you, bam, your marriage is going to change. Your life's going to change. People at work are going to change. That's what God's waiting for. The world has yet to see what God can do through a man whose heart is fully surrendered to him. Stand with me. Now maybe some of you here thinking, Kelly, you don't know, man, I've blown it so bad. I've messed up so big, you don't even know the things I've done. There's some of you that maybe even carrying a secret with you that you constantly thinking if this ever was out. And there's some of you that think about things if you're, that you've done, you think there's no recovery from this. There's no redemption from what I've done. There's no way I can rebuild, my, rebuild the trust. There's no way my kids will ever look at me the same. If that's you, I've got some great news for you. If you will begin to own it and acknowledge your need for God, this could be the greatest Father's Day of your life. Because here's what we need to do. If you will let your need drive you to God, God will meet your deepest needs. If you'll allow that need that's inside of you drive you to God, let him, let, it, it will drive you. God will meet your deep, uh, deepest need. Isn't that what happened to Samson? 
I mean, Samson kills a thousand men. Then he realizes, oh, I'm public enemy number one now. They all want me dead now. And look how Samson, need, Samson lets his knee drive him to God. Look at verse 18. Because he was very thirsty, he had a need. He cried out to the Lord. Remember before his pride got the best of him? I slayed these men. I did this. But when he allowed his need to drive him to God, he cried out to the Lord. Because he was very thirsty, he cried to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst, fall in the hands of the uncircumcised? He's no longer full of pride now, but he's humble. And instead of I have, he says, God, you have. You have. You've done it. And look what happens when he allowed his need to drive him toward God. Then God opened up the hollow places in Lehi, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, you see in that? His strength returned, and he was revived. When you own where you was, and you allow your need to drive you to God, God will open it up. And when you begin to drink from what God is giving you, your strength returns and you become revived. So much potential in this room today. Can I be honest? Men, if we were being the men we were, that God has called us to be, myself included, there, was, there would be no way that we could contain people at the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m., we would be saying we need to add another service. We need to do something else. we got to build a bigger building. When we become the men we're supposed to be instead of being driven by emotions, heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, I know this can be a touchy subject. And I know that as men, we can allow our pride to get the best of us. And though we want to respond, though we want to own it, we end up not doing the very things we know we should be doing. And it leaves us where we're at, stuck. I pray right now, tear down the walls. I pray you would allow these men to see them how you see them. Because I know there are some in here that when they hear the word Father, it's not a pleasant word to them. But let them see that you are a Father that believes in them, that loves them, wants the best for them. I'm see that. If you're here this morning, and you'd say, Kelly, too often, I have been allowed my emotions to be the driving force. Tell me whether it's anger, whether it's relationships, jobs, whether it's not speaking. I'm just asking. I'm, it's, but you say, I've allowed my emotions 
to be the driving force to keep me from doing things I know I need to do. And today I want that to stop. I want to be led by the Spirit and not driven by my emotions. That's you with heads bowed and eyes closed. Raise your hand. Because I've got my hands raised right with you. Keep them up. Ladies, if that's you, raise your hands too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Father, you see every hand in this place, including mine. Too many times I've allowed my emotions to be the driving force in decision-making, the driving force of getting myself to where all logic goes out the window, and I'm just being driven by my emotions. God, I pray you would help us to be more spirit-led, that we would walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Be Spirit-led, God, that it would be a driving force in our life. Holy Spirit would drive us directionally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that the Holy Spirit would now be the driving force. And emotions aren't bad. We have them. You gave them to us. But they can no longer sit in the driver's seat. Holy Spirit, take your place. Come on in your head. Ask God right now to forgive you for those times you've allowed your emotions to drive 